0: A big budget for Budget 2020, but what does it mean for investors? I'm joined by Arun Pai, Chief Crystals Officer at Crystals AI. We saw a slew of measures to deal with short-term and long-term economic challenges. Short-term challenges, of course, brought our way by the COVID-19 outbreak. And then there's a long-term economic development, the perennial pillar of economic transformation, helping workers deal with an economy that is rapidly changing. So immediate measures include a $4 billion package to help businesses with cash flow retain employees $1.6 billion for household expenses amid the COVID-19 outbreak. Long-term help includes $6 billion set aside to cushion the impact of a future GST increase. $8.3 billion spent on growing and transforming the economy over three years. Arun Pai leads investment over at Crystal AI. We welcome him this Thursday. How are you doing, Arun?
1: Good morning, Michelle. I'm good. How are
0: you? Terrific. I'd love to hear your brief overviews and your key takeaways from this year's budget.
1: Sure. So I think overall, it seemed quite attractive. You know, obviously, given the uncertainty of how COVID-19 will eventually work out, the government had to take a bit of a prudent approach and ensure that the fiscal stimulus, which can be provided by the government, can try and offset any slowdown in the economy. So, you know, the Singapore government being the way it is, took a very practical, pragmatic approach, I feel, where they did not set this in stone and they gave themselves a little bit of a buffer in case things actually do take a turn for the worse, that they'll be able to pump in even more money into the economy.
0: So we're seeing an expected overall budget deficit of $10.9 billion. The government has said it will not need to draw on past reserves for this because there is an accumulated fiscal surplus to fund this overall deficit. My question, why such a big budget?
1: It's definitely required given the slowdown that you can hear on the street in terms of businesses reporting a revenue drop of anywhere from 25 to 50% Mm. on a monthly basis in terms of revenue. And some of these industries, like the airlines industry, are extremely leveraged ones. So if you do not have the government stepping up support during times like this, then there will be a lot of bankruptcies. If you look back in 2008, the last, you know, the global financial crisis, it was a scary time where a lot of companies went under because the government did not step up and provide enough support. During times like this, where there's a lot of uncertainty in the market that starts giving a negative feedback loop where consumers stop buying, uh, you know, st- reduce their purchases given the uncertainty of whether they might not, they might or might not have a job in the next month, it leads to even further reduction in revenue of companies and that negative loop has to be stopped somehow. And the lender of last resort or the supporting pillar of the ecosystem has to be the government stepping up. Mm. So while 11 billion or 2% of the GDP, approximately 2% of the GDP, might seem like a reasonable, like a large number, at the same time, in a lucky situation where the Singapore economy was doing quite well for the past three, four years, so we could accumulate those surpluses through taxes and investments. And during times like this, the government has to step in.
0: Yeah, well, speaking of surpluses, the purpose of raising the GSC was to raise government revenue because they were expecting an increase in recurrent spending, particularly in health care, as Singapore grapples with an aging population. But the news we know now is that the increase in the GST hike to 9% is not going to happen by 2021. We do know it's going to happen, but a little later, sometime between 2021 and 2025. It's a broad-based consumption tax, GST. What does the delay really mean? for the economy?
1: Right. So, you know, obviously when they came up with this news, I think in November of last year, the world economy and especially Singapore was in a very different situation. So, you know, at that point of time, the Singapore government's primary focus was more along the lines of, we have an aging population, like you mentioned, we need to ensure productivity enhancements, We need to try and generate more taxes to ensure that we can you know, keep the standard of living of our seniors and the elderly population at a decent level, say 20, 30 years in the future. And the only way to do that is through raising taxes. And a smarter way potentially of doing it is doing it via GST rather than taxing people at source via income taxes. You know, the amount of taxes already raised through real estate sales are reasonably high. We can already see that in terms of property prices, relatively flatlining flat the last year to two years. So one of the ways we're doing it through GST, but now comes this massive consumption hit Mm. because of this uncertainty of the COVID virus, and the government has no choice but to at least, you know, ensure that there's no GST increase. That being said, if we start seeing a much more massive slowdown in the economy, basically it being, you know, this virus is not able to be controlled as well, which hopefully doesn't happen. But if this continues on for three or four more months, then maybe we'll have to start seeing a lot more fiscal like spending surpluses by the government to ensure that this lack of demand that's being generated by consumers not wanting to buy items can be offset by the government.
0: Again, this is a broad-based consumer tax. So I'm sure many people heard there was a $6 billion package uh, to help Singaporean households cover at least five years' worth of extra GST expenses. You know everyone was looking up for the details and now we know that there are going to be GST vouchers that aim to fully offset the GST for retiree households that live in one to three room HDB flats, significantly offset the GST for retiree households living in four to five room HDB flats and offset about half the GST for low-income households with no elderly persons. The government says it will continue to absorb GST on public subsidized healthcare and education. In terms of this being a broad tax and mitigating the effects on the most vulnerable in society how effective do you think these measures are
1: it, it's definitely required right so this is uh, this is a simple way i guess of the government increasing taxes for the relatively more well-to-do and the mass affluent segment. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that they can do that unless they increase the income at the source at the income tax level. So what they've done is kind of smart where you increase the GST, primarily targeting the mass affluent and the more the richer segment by giving these vouchers to the people who are more requiring or more deserving of it, I would say. Uh, that's on the GST side. On the other side, they're trying to ensure that uh, the skills enhancement of people, the productivity enhancement that the government has finally seen over the last year because of the various measures that's come out in terms of the, you know, EDG grants to ensure that corporates start revamping and utilizing technology to a much more fuller extent they're focusing on that too so a skills future top up of like $500 for ages 25 and above is very useful to try and ensure that all the citizens and prs of the country are able to continuously enhance their skills you know over the course of the next year to two years and that's extremely important for the longer term benefits of the economy
0: Yeah, I want to drill down on that. So in his budget speech, uh, Mr. Heng Suquette mentioned the five sectors directly hit by COVID, tourism, aviation, retail, food services, point-to-point transport services. So they're going to receive additional support under the Adapt and Grow initiative for operating costs, cash flow to retain and reskill workers. But the problem with this, uh, some say, is that when it comes to these measures, they seem to be targeted, but short term. Will this support be sufficient for businesses that are on the front lines when it comes to the effects of COVID outbreak?
1: So that, that's really interesting uh, point that you brought up. So, you know, let's take a look at some numbers, right? In SARS back in 2003, mm-hmm. the airline industry was given something just shy of like $50 million to support the industry. This time, it's over uh, double that amount, which is like about 112, 115 million US dollars. So on a relative basis, it is quite a substantial amount of money. Any flight that lands in Changi from China, so for example, Singapore Airlines, uh, an A380 from Shanghai to Singapore, has to pay a landing fee of uh, slightly over $6,000 each time they land. That amount has now been dropped down to zero. Now, does that truly help an airline that much or not? It is a little bit questionable because at the end of the day, they've canceled like 75% of their flights already. So, you know, that amount of like $6,000 savings is only now being utilized by say 25% of the flights. Mm. But at the same time, a government can only try and do so much Indeed. unless it becomes a complete bailout of the entire economy. And we kind of saw the backlash of that, just going back to 2008 again, when the U.S. government came under a lot of stick for basically bailing out banks and, you know, car manufacturing companies. So it has to draw a very fine line between ensuring that it can support the industry for the short term, but at the same time not incentivizing them in a way that they do not need to try and ensure, you know, Stringent cost-cutting measures, efficiency enhancements, so that the industry itself can be competitive more for the long run. It is an extremely tough time, no doubt. I, like the the head of all the various stores in uh, Changi mm-hmm. was mentioning that our revenue has dropped like forty percent. Now, even if you have some amount of rental rebates for these stalls in the airport. It will never be able to offset that entire amount. So it's a little bit of effort required from both sides. Uh, The government obviously has to step in at these times of distress, but at the same time, uh, you know, businesses fluctuate up and down and they need to ensure that they are strong and robust for the long run. And during difficult times like these, they need to ensure that they can be made more efficient, productivity can continuously be enhanced and ensure your costs are kept to the minimum.
0: Indeed. If we look at the corporate income tax rebate, the rate of 25% of tax capped at 15000 company dollars. So no letting up in the corporate rebate rates there. The rebate is going to cost the government about $400 million. Do you think this is helpful in this particular economic situation?
1: Sadly, I think when if you're a business owner and you see your revenue dropping by 40 50% month on month the last two months, then having limited amount of corporate tax rebate will truly not like solve your immediate problem. And I think that is where you can see a little bit of anger cropping up in terms of business owners being a little bit unhappy with the budget. But that being said, if hopefully things start, uh, and, and they already are based on the past couple of days, number of cases and number of deaths, sadly, things seem to be improving. If hopefully that trajectory continues and you know, into a three months time, we're back to talking more about Trump and uh, the trade wars, then hopefully this uh, tax benefit will, uh, it will obviously be beneficial to companies in the long run, or at least for this year, sorry, I meant. In terms of right now, will it really make that big a difference? Sadly not in my humble
0: opinion. All right. Challenging times and big budget to have gone through. Thank you for helping us out. Arun Pai is Chief Crystal's Officer at Crystal's AI, looking at the budget and what it means for investors. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg